0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. So you expect it. Hallelujah. Well, we're starting a brand new series, and I want to, before getting get in the message, I want to say thanks to uh, Brother Bruce for standing in for me. Great job. Thank you, brother. And for, for Rosie, for all her hard work while I've been incapacitated. Thank you, Rosie. For all our leadership here, thank you for all your prayers, your notes, your cards. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Passion Church. So we're talking about the power of the spoken word, and today we're going to talk about shaping our world. Shaping our world. You know, <clears throat> It's so easy sometimes to get a victim mentality, isn't it? Man, I tell you, when life comes up and slaps you in the face, you know, and your, your, your head's where your feet were just the other day, and uh, you know, you get a bad report or whatever it might be, you know, life happens, doesn't it? You know, I wish I could say that now that we belong to Jesus, everything's going to be just wonderful. Well, it is going to be wonderful, but that doesn't mean that you won't have some battles, does it? doesn't mean that you won't have adversity. And so, you know, uh, the question I would start off today is, is, what does your world look like? What does your world look like? Is it one filled with light and life and peace? Or is it filled with darkness and discouragement and death and strife? I mean, you know, what is our world? What is it? that our world is comprised of this morning. You know, the, the attacks of the enemy can come against anybody. Listen, we're going to read in just a minute. Even God had His world turn upside down. Whoa. Did you know that? Even God had His world turned upside down. Turn over to Genesis chapter 1. That's a good place to start. I mean, if God kind of had His world turned upside down, we oughtn't to be too surprised if sometimes when the enemy attacks us, it turns our world upside down. In Genesis 1:1, 1, 1, it says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the Earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters." Now when God created, and most theologians, here in Genesis 1:1 1, 1, and 1:2, 1, the, uh, most theologians will, they, they, they believe uh, that this is what they refer to, a little theology here, 101 for you, called the gap theory. That is that we know this, that God created the heavens. He created the angelic beings. Amen. They were all created. And when God created them, He didn't create the place full of darkness because God's not dark, is He? He's full of light. Well, most theologians believe that this gap theory is between Genesis 1, 1, and 1, 2. What we have there is we know this, Lucifer, remember Lucifer? And one-third of the angels rebelled against God. So, I mean, you know, God had a, a bad day one day too. When His perfect creation, part of it, decided to rebel against Him. And go contrary to the will and purpose of God. And listen, in our lives, there are times when we see, see things happen to us and, and uh, against us that are contrary to the will and purpose of God. Well, don't think it's strange. Even God had that happen. And He's perfect. You know, the enemy will come sometimes, you know, he will attack you, and then after he attacks you, he accuses you. Well, I'm telling you what, if you had enough faith, or if you was a better Christian, or blah, 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 blah. Does he ever tell you that? Well, it certainly wasn't because God did anything wrong. Hey, man, He's perfect. He's holy, absolutely. And so we see this one, one where it says that in the beginning God created heavens and the earth, and then because of the enemy Lucifer's rebellion, what there was a a. a curse and a brokenness that was put on this part of God's creation and we read it here the way the scriptures describe it that the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep boy you ever had that in your life where things happen to you and so I ask you what does your world look like into whose image has it been made now this wasn't God's image This wasn't God's plan for His creation. This wasn't God's original intent for His creation. God didn't make it that way. God didn't make man to be broken down and burdened and shackled by sin. He didn't make our bodies to be racked with sickness and disease. He didn't, he didn't make us to, to, to go through life with our nose to the grindstone, barely enough to get along. He didn't create us to, to have strife and division in our relationships and against races and all of that stuff. That wasn't God's original intent. And so instead of complaining about it, God did something about it. Amen its I mean, it's easy. It's human nature, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, to complain. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I know y'all are so holy out there. <laughs> but you know, things start to happen and things are not going the way we believe and sometimes we even know they should be according to God's Word. And so rather than doing something about it, we just start complaining. Yeah. You know, we start out complaining to whoever listened. And then when we can't find anybody to listen, we complain to God because, you know, God's just a good listener, isn't He? Aren't you glad? <laughs> God's a really good listener. He listens to all our complaints and all that stuff, and yet He doesn't give up on us. Amen? And so we see here God begin to do something. What did He do when God saw that? Notice it says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In other words, the Holy Spirit was poised to do something. And I want to say this to you. If you're a believer, God's Holy Spirit has been given to you. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that we are the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is poised in the midst of your world, whatever it is whether it's one filled with broken relationships, whether it's one where you have sickness in your body, whether it's an attack on your finances, whether you don't have peace, you're discouraged, what, there's strife, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit is still present there and He is hovering, He is waiting for something. Now it would be great if God just just fixed everything no matter what. Whether we believe, whether we, you know, whether we prayed, whether we, I mean, just God. And there's some people, that's, the way, that's their view of God. That, you know, he's, if God wants to do it, He'll do it. If it's not done, it's because God doesn't want it done. But notice here, look real carefully. Have you got your Bible there? The earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering. In other words, He was waiting for something else. It wasn't just automatic. Because it wasn't the will of God, the Holy Spirit did just rush in there and fix everything. Notice in verse 3. And God said. And God said. What did He say? Let there be light. And. And. There was light. Well, who created the light? The Holy Spirit. But he didn't do anything until God the Father said something. God didn't complain. He didn't go, you know, over to Gabriel and said, "I just don't understand it. I made my creation perfect and everything. I don't know why they would reject me. I'm perfect. I'm wonderful. I gave them life. I just don't understand it? <laughs> now I know you've never done that. But here's the thing, you know, I understand about, we're human beings, I understand that, and and, and there are emotions that rise up when you get a bad report and all that. But I want to tell you something, you need to learn to get past that initial thing. Don't speak out of your emotion, don't speak out of the bad report, don't call things that are, that are. God didn't say, look at all that darkness, did He? In the midst of chaos and formlessness and darkness, God said what He wanted it to be. And as we now listen, obviously none of us are God. I should have got a lot of amens out of that. You do know you're not God, right? I might need to back up on my theology. You're not. God. We're not God. So I'm not saying we're going to create planets and all that. But in my world and in your world, okay. We don't need to, to, to bring a planet back into order, but we do have things in our life, in our world, that need to be brought back into order. And the principle here is the same because God made us in His image, didn't He? And so the principle's the same, but not the scope. Are you listening? I want to say that again. The principle is the same, but not the scope. Amen? You're not going to be speaking any worlds into existence, so don't worry about straining over that. But right now, you know, what I'm concerned about is not all those planets out there. It's what God's will and God's purpose and God's plan for my life. Jesus redeemed me from that old life that was full of darkness and formless and void. But you know what? The enemy is still present. And He still wants to keep you locked up into that. That's why I ask you the question, into whose image has your world been made? Well, you got to know what God wants first, don't you? What what is God's image for your life? There's only one place I know where to find it, called the B-I-B-L-E. Amen? That's exactly what it is. This is God's love letter. This is God's revelation of His plan and purpose for us through Christ Jesus. And amen, and I get into this book. So notice, we said seeing and saying. You know, it's so easy to say, you know, and talk about our problems. And I'm not saying there's never a time for that. But I'm talking about, you know, when that's all that you can think of. That's all that's coming out your mouth. That's all that you can see. It's just, it's bad. It's bad. I'm going down. It's, it's, it's bad. It's not, I don't, you know. And the next thing you know, that's all you're saying up here. You know, you talk a whole lot more up here than you do out here, yeah. don't you? Yeah. And so it's that inner world first that we've got to bring in, back into order out of chaos. The scriptures call that renewing the mind. Yeah. And so we have to get that, that world of ours so that we are not a victim mentality, but a victor mentality. Yeah. Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation, yeah. didn't he? So why are we surprised when we have some? That's right. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. He said, but be of good cheer. Yeah. Not because you're having tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Yeah. Yeah. Looking over in Hebrews 11. God said something in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when God spoke his word... He released something called faith. Faith is a creative power that comes from God Himself. And God transmits that thing called faith to us by means of His Word. Paul wrote in Romans, he said, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith originates in God. The faith you have, you got it from God. You didn't get it because you raised yourself up by your own spiritual bootstraps. The Bible says that God gave us, a, each of us, as believers, a measure of faith. Now, notice here in Hebrews 11, verse 1. I'm going to read it out of the Good News Bible. It says, <clears throat> Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. Now, I don't, you know, when I talk about my circumstances and all, there's a place and a time for that. But once I look at my circumstances and I see, you know what, this is not God's will for my life. Now, see, if you don't know the Word, you'll you'll convince yourself that whatever is happening in your life must be the will of God. Isn't that right? Must be the will of God. You know, there are people still today, you know, they walk everywhere they go. You know, they don't, they don't know. I don't know anything about a motor-driven vehicle or anything like that. They just walk wherever they go. That, I mean, that's, that's what they know. And, you know, if you ask them, well, you know, this must be the will of God that I walk wherever I go. But what we have to understand is God gave us His Spirit and He gave us His Word so that we could understand the will of God and also that we might receive that faith. The faith that God used to bring into order things that were in disorder. That's what we need, isn't it? I want to. That, that's really what happens when Jesus. Saves us and forgives us our sins. The Bible says we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. In another place in Colossians, he says he's delivered us out of the dominion of darkness, the dominion of sin, into the kingdom or the rule of his dear son. So now I am to live and conform my life, spirit, soul, and body, according to the will of God. Now, that's a process. You don't get there overnight. Amen. (laughs) But it's a process that needs to be consistent in our lives. And the only way we can do that is through this thing called faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, faith assures us, I'm going to read this again, of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. Faith convinces us... (coughs) <coughs> pardon me, that God created the world through His Word. God created the world through His Word. Now, I said, as I said before, none of us are God. So, we're not about to create a world that way. That's not what I'm talking about. But in our own life, we have a world. I have a personal world. I have a marriage. I have children. I have grandchildren. I have a job. I have uh, work. I have uh, God's uh, spiritual plan for my life. All of those things. God wants to bring all those things into conformity to His unseen world. Amen. Instead of hate and rejection, God wants me to have love and peace. Isn't that right? Instead of being self-centered and selfish, God wants me to allow the grace of God to work in me so that I can be generous and giving, self-sacrificing. Listen, that ain't the flesh, honey. Or oh, the flesh wants what it wants. Don't look at me so holy. You know it does. And if you don't keep that flesh under, that thing will begin to rule you. And you won't like it. You won't like it. You won't like it. <clears throat> that means what we can, what can be seen was made by something that could not be seen. And herein, for us human beings is the rub. We live our lives by the scene. Our feelings, our senses, our reasoning, our interaction with our physical environment, all of those things, and all those things have their place. But the problem is, because we live there the vast majority of our time, it's hard for us to grasp the unseen. I don't understand how in the world... Saying something can make a difference. Well, I understand that. That's the reason God gave us His Word. He wants you to have understanding about how that does work. Amen. You know, think about somebody. You know, uh, uh, if you if you go in some very remote tribes in the Amazon and all, you know, they don't know anything about electricity. And what if you were visiting them on their territory and you said, you know what? In, in my house, my hut, there's a button there, and we, we press that button, and light comes on. I can press a button in the door, go up and down. They don't have any knowledge of that. They think that you, you're crazy, or they think that must be magic. But it's unfortunate that a lot of Christians, when we talk about the things of the kingdom of God, you know, we're talking about the supernatural, but we're not talking about magic. We're talking about the realm that man was intended to live in. we, We live in both the natural and the supernatural. God made us to be able to live in both realms at the same time. And we need to learn each of their places in our life. But I never exalt the natural over the supernatural. Because once you do that, you're in trouble. Because supernatural doesn't mean... What's God going to do? Super just means above. Greater than. And so when we talk about faith... The faith of God, the love of God, the fruit of the Spirit. those We're talking about things that are what? That are greater than the natural. And this is where God wants us to live primarily is based on what? The supernatural. And the supernatural is unseen except what? By the Word of God and by the illumination of the Holy Spirit. And when those two things begin to work together, something called faith begins to be released. And here's the thing, I have to learn to take what God has provided for me and I must guard and keep my own ground. God made Adam and Eve, you look over there in Genesis 2, we won't read it, but about verse 8 and about verse 15, somewhere in there, you can read it where it says he made Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden and he gave them a charge to keep the garden. He said, I want you to keep the garden. Gu- that word keep literally means guard. You have to guard your world. You've got to guard your patch of ground, if you will. You've got to guard your family. You've got to guard your mind. You've got to guard yourself. We're not Christians on a vacation here. I mean, we're, I mean, we're soldiers. We're in the army of God. We've got a job to do. We've got a, a life to live for Him. And so you've got to guard yourself. Absolutely, you've got to guard your ground. That was, a, that was the area where Adam and Eve fell, wasn't it? We wouldn't be in this today if they had <laughs> guarded their ground. We're not, we're, not, we're not picking on them. But we need to understand this, that we're created in God's image. So how, did, how, did, how was he supposed to guard his garden? Did God give him a suit of armor and give him a sword? Or did he give him a, you know... One of those laser pistols, you know. How was he supposed to guard his garden? How was he supposed to guard that? There's no indication that God gave him any physical tool or physical weapon, or so to speak, to guard it. He guarded it the same way that you and I have to. He had to speak God's Word. When Satan came, if Adam had resisted him, what does the Bible tell us that Satan would have to do? he'd have to flee from him. Instead, instead of uh, resisting him with God's word, he began to engage in a conversation with him. The devil wants to get you to start talking in your mind. Well, now, you know, now is it really reasonable? I mean, that's kind of far-fetched what Pastor Norris is talking about. I mean, saying some words, I mean, that, that, that sounds like Christian science to me. No, it's Christian sense. (laughs) by the words that I say. When we resist the devil, how do you resist him? I mean, you give him in a headlock? Give him a nubby or something? No, you can't do that, can you? He's a spirit. You can't resist him that way. You can't resist him that way. You have to resist him, what? With the word of God. Bible calls it a two-edged sword in our mouth. You have to say something. <laughs> you do. And, and remember what I said, first my inner world, then my outer one. You know, where the enemy gets us is all these thoughts. You're no good. God don't really love you that much. God won't do it for you. It won't work for you. Nobody likes you. You're never going to make it. You'll never have anything. You've never had anything. You'll never have anything. You'll never be of any value. Blah, 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 blah. All that kind of junk. Anybody ever? Yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes he's over at my house all the time. Yeah. But, but see, though that's where we take God's Word and say, wait a minute. Listen, we need to realize that every thought that we have may not originate with us. When, he starts, when you get those thoughts that you're no good and God don't love you, that's a lie. Guess who's the originator of the lie? Jesus said it was Satan, wasn't he? He's a liar. He said he was a liar from the beginning. And he wants to convince you through his lies that this is your world. It's a world of discouragement. It's a world of disappointment. It's a world of disillusionment. It's a world of strife. It's a world of anger. Whatever it may be. But you know what we have to do? We have to get a hold of this book. And we've got to feed on this book to where we begin immediately when those thoughts come. Something rises up in you. Say, wait a minute. For God so loved the world. I'm part of the world, so God loves me. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for me. Boy, I'm telling you, God loves me. That's a lie. I recognize that as a lie. And I resist that lie. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to start talking it. I'm not going to go start whining about it. Amen. When sickness and disease come against me, I'm not going to say, well, I guess that's just the way it is. No. I'm going to rise up and say what God says. I said, I'm not going to forget all his benefits. I'm going to bless the Lord. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. And by his stripes, I'm healed. That's what I'm going to say. Say, well, you don't look it. Well, just hang around. When God said, let there be light, it was still a world full of darkness. Amen. Amen. So creating... How do we create our world? We have to begin to speak what God says. And first, of course, you can't speak it if you don't know it, do you? And listen, I believe that this time together on Sundays is important. It's valuable. It absolutely is. But this is not, if this is all you ever get, it's not going to be enough. Amen. Eat one meal this week. See how that works out for you. We'll be seeing less and less of you. Isn't that right? Woo-hoo, we sure will. Do that for six months and we'll really see less and less of you. Because you probably won't be able to get out of the bed. You won't have the strength. And we understand that naturally. But when it comes to spiritual things, I don't know what it is. We think, well, I went to church on Sunday. And I heard some of what he said. Amen. And then we wonder why our world can't be uh, brought back out of the chaos, out of the, the discouragement, out of the depression. Out of the strife, out of the... I just don't understand why. I'm going to tell you why, honey. You need to feed on some more stuff. You need to feed yourself every day. I'm not saying you got to be in it for an hour. It'd be good if you did. It'd be better than as the stomach turns. Or whatever it is. Amen. I, 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 all I'm saying is we find time for what we really want to do. Okay? So I'm not, and I'm not legalistic. You know me better than that. I'm not one that's legalistic about this thing. It's not about that. I mean, is it legalistic for you to have to eat every day? Well, I guess we'll, well, well, we got to go to that restaurant where all that good tasting food is. all gone. Man, I wish we didn't have to do that. Oh, we got to go over to Chris's and eat. Brother Chris here, if you have people that know me. He's such a good cook. Boy, that's really a chore. Why did God make us this way? We got to eat that good food. We don't think that way, do we? Man, we're thinking, ooh, that prime rib. Ooh, that Popeye's chicken. (laughs) And barbecue ribs. Or whatever it is that you like quiche or anything else or a good salad whatever but we don't we don't think that way we we think boy this is this is enjoyment we know that it's necessary for our bodies but we also know that's enjoyment well why can't we do that spiritually why why is it it's because what our world's out of kilter we believe that lie where it says oh you can't understand the bible that's for them preachers God didn't give the Bible. The Bible wasn't written to preachers. It was written to God's church. That's you, God's people. You have the same Holy Spirit. He can show it to you just as easy as He can show it to me or anybody else. Don't believe that lie. Listen, train yourself to delight in the Lord the way you delight in your favorite meal. Boy, and you're like, oh, buddy. Man, I can't wait. I got my spot. I got my place. I got my time. And I'm telling you, I can't wait to get there and be with the Lord. I can't wait to get there and feast on some of this good stuff. You know why? Because it's going to create something in me, in my inner world. And then it's going to enable me, by the faith God gives me and the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, to begin to speak those words from my innermost being, those words that God gave me and begin to shape my outer world. See, instead of falling for that same old trick that the enemy brings by that gets you all upset and gets you all mad at your co-worker or at your husband or at your, you know, you'll grow to the place to where, you know, it'll just roll off of you like water off a duck's back. You just, I mean, you forgive without even realizing you're forgiven. It just don't disturb your peace. It don't disturb your joy. I mean, you know, you just, you still love them. Instead of getting mad and angry and going through all that thing and then finally working through it, but then they do it again and here you go again. We're talking about shaping your world. The power of the spoken word of God in our mouth. It releases God's authority and power to recreate and reshape our world from darkness to light. From death to life. That's what I want. Isn't that what you want? I'm going to tell you, love. How many of you hate love? (laughs) Joy. I mean, you don't want any. Peace. I mean, you really don't want no peace, do you? Goodness, patience, long-suffering, all those things, what? Those are those are the world that God wants us to begin to what? By his help and aid and word, reconstruct. Amen. Just like he had to look in darkness one day at what Satan had done to his world. We have to look in the face of Whatever it might be: darkness, sickness, lack, discouragement, hopelessness, disappointment and not just say what we see, but begin to say what we believe. Yeah. What did God say about it? I always believe this: God's the smartest person in the room. Isn't that right? And so what I think contradicts what God says here in His word, guess what? Who's wrong? I am guess who's got to change because the Bible says he's the Lord God who changes not stop trying to talk God into changing that ain't prayer that's your flesh your flesh don't want to have to change your flesh don't want to have to sacrifice anything your flesh don't want to have to do any of that so you're going to talk God into just going ahead and blessing your flesh. Boy, I'm, welcome back, huh? <laughs> Let's turn over to a scripture we all know real quickly. I've got to close. My time's running out here. Mark 11. This really is a definitive, if you will, teaching about faith. And in my Bible, it's in red, and that means Jesus said it. Amen. If Jesus said it, that settles it, doesn't it? Don't my, I might not understand it. I might not actually have a grasp on everything about it yet. It might not be, uh, seem like to be a reality in my life yet. But the starting place is, if Jesus said it, it's so. Because if you don't believe that, then you might as well, you know, just go to sleep. You know, until I get through here. Jesus said, verse 22, have faith in God. Truly, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Now, that's not hard to understand. It might be hard to comprehend, but it's not hard to understand what he just said. He said, if you'll say something in faith and not doubt, you will have what you said. Now, we might not can comprehend that. That may sound like, quote, unquote, magic to us or something. But this is the way the kingdom of God was meant to operate. Amen? Amen. When God gets ready to do something, he speaks a word. Amen. Even Jesus is called the word incarnate, isn't he? Yes. The word made flesh. Yes. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you, you ask for in prayer, believe That you have received it. And it will be yours. Wow. I said, wow. If we ever get a hold of that. Oh, my gosh. You know, prayer meeting ought to be the largest meeting that we ever see in the church. Just because of what Jesus just said. You know why people stop praying? Because they don't believe. Well, I tried that, Pastor, and it didn't work. Well, it don't work by trying. It works by doing it. Okay. You don't try to believe. You do believe. Or you don't believe. There's no in, in between. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You either believe it, you believe it or you don't. And faith, what did we say faith comes from? Yeah. So if you're struggling in your prayer life when you're, with your believing, you know what you need to do? Stop praying and get into the Word. Yeah. Get into the Bible. Find the promises of God. Begin to meditate on them. Begin to think on them. Begin to change and shape your inner world. And then when it's time to shape your outer world, one of the ways that we do that is through prayer, isn't it? But it's not just saying some words to God and that's it. Jesus said, real prayer is this. He said, whatever you ask for, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's prayer. Prayer is not just saying some words to God and hoping that God will hear and do something. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's still so. Trying to help you here. So faith-filled words can what? Reshape my world. If you don't like what you've got... Take a look at how you're praying. Take a look at what you're believing. Take a look at what, what are you telling yourself day in and day out up here? What are you thinking on? Dwelling on? Yeah. You can't think doubt all day and then go home and say a prayer of faith. That's right. I'm just telling you, just, you just can't do it. You can't can't hold on to to, uh, hurts and bitterness and a grudge and all of that kind of thing and then suddenly have unconditional love for them. It ain't going to happen, honey. We're fooling ourselves. We have to do something. Faithful words. Look at one more scripture here and then we're going to pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible talks about that we can come to a place to where we have a spirit of faith about us. Just like we breathe in and out, breathe in oxygen, breathe out carbon dioxide for our natural body, we can have a spirit of faith about us. You know, I found this out. The people I hang around with, I begin to think like them. I begin to talk like them. I can even begin to act like them sometimes. You can pick up, can't you? You can pick up things. And that, that, that works for our good and sometimes not for our good. Isn't that right? The Bible says that, you know, that bad company corrupts good manners. Isn't that right? Yes. Now, see, I'm going to tell you something. This is going to strike some of you odd. But doubt and unbelief is a whole lot worse than you just rearing back and cussing. Oh, I know, boy, I know, Pastor didn't say that. I'm not proposing that you cuss. (laughs) But I wanted to get your attention. I got it, didn't I? Amen. (laughs) See, things of the spirit are much more important than things of the flesh. That doesn't mean we let our flesh run. We don't, because if you do, it's going to affect your spiritual life. But we can have a spirit of faith. See, some Christians, they, they almost think it's a, it's a badge of their spirituality to talk doubt and unbelief. Well, you know, I wouldn't want to say that God would do this or that God would answer prayer or that God would do something for me. Now, I, you know, I just wouldn't want to say that, Pastor Doris, because I just don't know. Yeah, that's, that's that. Now, you said that right. <laughs> But, but they get, you've, you've run into them, they get, you know, they're all, they think they're spiritual. They're not spiritual. That's natural. Doubt is a natural thing to do. Fear is a natural thing to do. <clears throat> but he says you can develop, we can cultivate, as Christians, spirit of faith. Real quickly, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, It is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. You know what prompts our words? What we believe. That's either grounds for rejoicing or commiseration, isn't it? Because you're saying what you believe. Well, I just don't know whether God would do that or not. Well, that's what you believe. You believe that God is a God of you don't know. That he might heal, but he might knock you in the head. He might bless you, but he might take everything you got. He might love you today, but tomorrow he don't love you. No wonder you're having a rough time. It is written, I believe, therefore I've spoken since we have that same spirit of faith. I hope you do. We also believe and therefore speak. Wow. We cultivate. A spirit of faith about us as believers. I mean, that's what we are. We're believers. The Bible calls us believers, not doubters. Yeah. Amen. Paul didn't write to all the doubters at the church in Corinth. <laughs> You'll never see that in his salutation. He said to all those who believe, <laughs> to all the believers who are at Corinth or at Galatia or wherever. He never wrote to all the doubters. said, we also believe, and therefore we speak. Now, notice down there, in verse 18, he said, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen. Boy, most Christians I know get this in reverse. But on what is unseen. Most Christians I know, they're fixing their eyes more on what is seen than what is unseen. Boy, they can tell you every ache, every pain, everything that's wrong. They can tell you sometimes even the date and the hour, everybody that's ever done anything wrong to them, (laughs) that hurt them, that said a word, that didn't say a word, that I got, you know, passed over promotion at this job, or I was let go at that job, or, you know, I mean, you know, everything about them. You got it in reverse. He said, don't look at the things that are seen. That's not, that's not what, in other words, what we're saying is, is that's not what we dwell on. Amen. Obviously, you're going to see what, you know, things around you and what's going on. But he said, don't dwell on that. That won't create a spirit of faith. But on what is unseen. Now, I mentioned before, you know, <clears throat> you know they got great telescopes, you know, that enable you to see way out into space, and especially the Hubble uh, telescope, which is, of course it's, it's in orbit out there and so you know, it doesn't have to deal with all the refraction of the atmosphere and all that and I mean they look, so f- they look so far through this telescope now grab a hold of this, this is just in the natural that they can see almost back in time wow. that's what I thought too <laughs> they can look so far back now I can't, I can't explain the science to all that It has to do with about light and the speed of light and looking back at it. But listen, if man can do that, if he can look back through a man-made object and look way back and see almost the very beginnings, what the beginnings of the universe look like, you want to tell me that you can't take God's Word and let it be your spiritual telescope to see into the realm of the eternal God? and see the things which can't be seen here, but can be seen here. You absolutely can, if you're willing. Amen? Absolutely. Let me give you a few action points here to jog your thinking. I would suggest that you make a comparison list. Of God's world for you, found here, primarily in the New Testament, and the world you're currently living in. I'm talking about your own personal world. Start with up here. Start with the inner, then move to the outer. The Bible says, being justified freely, we have peace with God. Do you have peace? Is your world got peace, or has it got turmoil, anxiety, worry, discouragement? Well, that's, I mean, that's a good place to start right there. Peace. Oh, my God. What would the world give for peace? They, listen, they're billionaires, but they don't, that don't have peace. Oh, it's so, isn't it good you lay your head down? You got peace. You know, the Bible's, you know, Jesus was like that. The, they were out in a storm and crossing the, the Sea of Galilee one time. Remember that story? The waves was crashing over to everything. It says Jesus was in the back of a boat of sleet. Boy, that's peace. <laughs> Woo! Man. Shaping your world. I, I, would do, I would just do a comparison and say, wait a minute. What about my relationships? Where are they at? With both with God and with you know those around me? What about in my body? The health that God wants me to have in my finances. You know, you just go right on down and find out what God said. And man, where it, does, where it doesn't match up, that's when I'm going to do just like God did in Genesis 1. Now, not to that scope, but the same principle. That when he looked at the darkness, he said, light be. The entrance of thy word bringeth, giveth Light. Psalm 119, is that what it says? So that's where the light's going to come from. Secondly, highlight the areas that don't conform to, to God's world image. And then, as I said, find the Scriptures and begin to declare them with your mouth over those areas. And you can do the, just do this in your prayer closet. You don't have to get up at work. Well, I just want you all to know. They're going to think you're a loony tune. Get in your prayer closet get along with God and with his word that's where you begin to speak those things and you build it in you and it'll become a part of you you'll have that that spirit of faith about you that that love that peace and I'm telling you at work it'll just it'll be on you like a garment and I mean people will say "Well, wait a minute what is this about you what is this peace you have i just listen People can sense it. I don't care even if they're not saved. People can tell when people have peace. They can tell when people have joy. Absolutely. Amen. We're talking about the power of the spoken word shaping your world. Well, this is God's will amen, that under God, we keep our ground, we guard our world, and He has given us everything. He hasn't left us on our own. He's given us everything that we need for it. He's given us a new life. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us His Word. Amen. And you're well able to do it. That's the good news, isn't it? Would you bow your heads just for a moment? If you're here this morning and maybe your relationship with God's not where it, where it ought to be, I want to encourage you. As I said earlier, God is a good God. The Bible says He's a good God. He didn't create, maybe your world is turned upside down. Maybe your world, is, your inner world, is all in a turmoil. God didn't create your world to be that way just as the enemy came and upset and marred God's creation the enemy has come he's brought all that turmoil to your life but God wants you to know that he loves you he cares for you and he's made provision for you through his son Jesus Christ the Bible says that Jesus came the son of God and he died For every man. He bore our judgment. He bore our sins. He bore all of our shame. Everything that was wrong in my world. He took it on in his world. And the Bible says. Now whoever will believe and call on the name of the Lord Jesus. They'll be saved. In other words. You'll have a new beginning. God will come into your life. And if you will just simply believe and cooperate with Him, He'll bring a brand new world, a brand new existence to you. I want to pray for you. If this morning you say, Pastor Norris, my relationship with the Lord is not where it needs to be, but I'm calling on the name of the Lord this morning. And I'm asking God that my relationship with Him might be restored or made new whatever the case may be. I want to pray for you and all I'm going to ask you to do, if that's you and you want to include in this prayer, to just lift your hand up. We're not going to ask you to do anything, say anything, none of that. None of that church stuff. This is between you and God. But I want to include you in this prayer. So if you just put your hand up. Maybe you're saying, man, there's some things in my world that needs to be straightened out, whatever it might be. Father, right now, his hands are up in this room. Lord, I include them especially in my prayer right now. Lord, you said that whoever would call on the name of the Lord, believing in their heart, God, that you would save them. Father, whether it's being saved from their sin, or, Father, uh, an area of their life, you know, uh, their world has been turned upside down. God, I thank you that today is the beginning of restoration. Today is the beginning of a new order in their life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And Father, for all of us, Father, may we be diligent to guard what you've given us. And may we be quick, oh God, to speak your word in darkness, to speak your word to bring order, and peace, and love, and light, and joy, wherever we may go. May that spirit of faith dominate our thinking. Father, we pray for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. The power of the spoken word of God. Listen, church. Let's begin to build it in us. Let's begin to speak it over our community. There are people all around us that they they haven't heard the good news. That's why God's got us here. He hasn't got us here just so that we can be blessed. You know, uh, God bless me, my four, no more. We want to reach this community. We want to reach out. We're reaching out to the world, but we want to reach the community around us. We want to reach the hurting people around us. We want to take what God's given us and we want to give it away. To as many people as we can amen god bless you pastor walt thank you pastor north great message thanks for listening to today's podcast we hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by god's word